0: Welcome to the Kelly Mental Health Podcast. I'm Linda Kelly, CEO and owner of Kelly Mental Health and Kelly Mental Health Foundation in Thunder Bay, Ontario. Today's episode is about body dysmorphic disorder, which is a really, really interesting concept. It's a disorder where a person struggles with some perceived flaw or defect in their appearance. Listen up for Cassandra and I discussing some of the ins and outs of this disorder, treatment options, as well as some of the issues in our society that contribute.
1: Hello. Hello. So are. How are you? Are. <laughs> How are you?
0: <laughs> I'm good. I'm, I'm holding the microphone up to my face so it doesn't uh, go all distorted again. I was rubbing on my hair last time, so
1: <laughs> I didn't even notice. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. So today, what are we talking about?:
1: Oh, we are talking about the good stuff today. We are talking about body dysmorphic disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to be talking also about, I think it's just in general, body positivity. And after, uh, when we come back from our break, we're also doing a part two and we're going to be discussing um, orthorexia nervosa, mm-hmm. That's okay. which I just learned about and I am super excited to talk about it. Um, so yeah. So there's going to be a it's going to be a busy episode.
0: Yeah, there's a lot to talk about, and uh, fair warning, there's going to be some things that I, I have an opinion about. I will be very careful to just let you know when it's an opinion versus what is sort of known and accepted within the psychology world and and within you know our society. Uh, things like like orthorexia itself is not a defined disorder according to the DSM. It fits more into you know, eating disorder, not otherwise specified, but it's definitely getting more prevalent now. Um, Mm -hmm. Body dysmorphic disorder, there's such a range of how those symptoms come out for people. Uh, Some people can actually be so distressed by it, so paralyzed by what it does to them that they stop functioning altogether. And that's... That's really truly when it becomes you know, a, a diagnosable mental health disorder where you really need treatment to get back to you know, the land of the living. Um, it, it can push people over the edge. People have committed suicide uh, having body dysmorphic disorder uh, and not just you know, suicide by um, you know, like with anorexia where you just kind of deny yourself food, you get sicker, you get sicker, um, but also actively harming themselves, because they feel deep down that they are just not good enough, something is fundamentally wrong. So that's, mm-hmm. that's really, we're going to get into a little bit of that, um, defining it. And also, you know, let's kind of bring the humanity back. Let's, how many of us actually struggle with this. Uh, but what we struggle with is not severe enough to be diagnosable. This is huge. Mm-hmm. This is like, I, was, I just made a quick Facebook post Like this is my jam. This is what, gets me excited because dysmorphia and weight issues and, you know, just the quality of our food and food politics that Mm -hmm. have dominated my life and my attention span for probably the last 15
1: years. So when we talk about, um, so body dysmorphic disorder, so other, like shortened as BDD, um, can you tell me a little bit about that, Linda? So what exactly is this... um... Like what is it defined
0: as? So it is defined as a mental health disorder where you you can't stop thinking about one or maybe more uh, defects or flaws, and it's it's your perception mm-hmm. of these flaws in your appearance, and it has to be a flaw that appears minor or it can't be seen by others. So, for example, someone someone that has you know uh, you know a a kind of disorder like you know so there's some people that will grow hair all over their body and have you know their entire face is covered with hair and you're so fixated on it and you can't go out in public because you're worried about it that's not body dysmorphia because that's visible you can see exactly why someone would struggle with it Mm -hmm. but but what we often see with body dysmorphia is um my hips are too big my thighs are too flabby my Um, my elbows are too bony. My face has blemishes. These, these things that you look at someone and you go, okay, maybe I sort of see what you're talking about, but that's, Mm -hmm. that's not a big deal. Right. And so a person will be so fixated on these flaws, these perceived flaws that, It starts to affect their ability to function in social situations, in occupational situations. People might end up being late for work or school because they're spending so much time sort of in in this. uh, They develop rituals a lot of times to, you know, fix the skin, to wear certain things, to, you know, have things tucked in properly. Uh, But yeah, it starts to really interfere with their ability to live a, a full, satisfying life.
1: You know, I was actually maybe think about um, you know a lot of people avoiding social situations and stuff like that. I get, I guess, right now during like COVID and everything like that, it might be maybe a like a, a positive, like like what people are going through. Um, I'm not saying it's 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 great by any means. I'm not saying that whatsoever. I'm just saying it might be a little bit easier. But it, when you mention about um, you know fixating on certain things. I think about even like the stars nowadays so I always I feel like I always end up using her as an example but like Kim Kardashian she is like her makeup line has turned into now a body makeup line and she doesn't you know I think originally she started it for her psoriasis but now she she talked about her veins and her skin appearance so now she's putting she's makeup head to toe Like, and so it kind of, my my mind kind of goes to someone like her and it's like, maybe she's going through this and doesn't even recognize it. Um, Because I think that's, that's common in the research that I've done is not actually recognizing it um, right off the bat. So maybe could you uh, mention and talk about maybe some signs or symptoms of uh, body dysmorphic disorder and what would that kind of include or look like?
0: Well, again, it goes back to the, the fixation. So Mm -hmm. this dominates your thoughts most of the day, every day, Uh, you engage in some ritualistic behaviors, like for many of us we will spend an inordinate amount of time looking in the mirror, or if there are mirrors around, we might strike a pose every single time. (laughs) And I'm serious. And and I do this because to an extent, I, I can be open about the fact that I struggle with this as well. Every single time there's a mirror, I check to see if I'm overweight again. Every single time I walk by and there's a, there's a group picture or I, you know how sometimes you're walking outside and you can see your kind of fuzzy reflection in in the glass of windows
1: mm-hmm.
0: I check, I look and I'm like, okay, am I that girl from you know ten years ago that was a hundred pounds heavier than I am today and I'll, I check and check and check and so you know that's that is a, a really big symptom of just the constant checking. Another symptom is the picking. Uh, if you've got skin issues, a lot of times uh, with BDD, you might actually make the situation a whole lot worse because you'll start picking and poking. And uh, some people will uh, in they'll go for optional surgeries. Um, like you say, Kim Kardashian, she. Nobody wants to comment on how many surgeries she's had, but
1: I guarantee she's. <laughs> there's no way she hasn't. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, we're not going to start on this topic because you won't get me to stop. But there's no way in heck that someone looks like that, like without surgery. Like, how do you? How does your butt grow like that much? Like, I don't. Anyways, but yes.
0: But I was led to believe that that's all all natural. Mm-hmm. I remember Paris Hilton saying that she, that Kim always had a really big butt.
1: yeah and so when you see even her photos from back in the day like with her and for example her and Paris Hilton when she was her assistant and they're walking around and Kim had like a different definitely a different nose than she does now and she's selling it as well this is what my makeup does it's like no your makeup I know what contouring is and your makeup changed the whole or your nose changed the full shape like there's nothing there's no makeup that can like do that, like you know what I mean. Like I know that there's aesthetics, like now, and um you know, p- p- certain you know organizations will offer it. um There's it's like rhinoplasty, but it's it's actually not fully going. Like, you're not fully going under the knife, and I think that that's actually really cool. Like someone in my life, like close to me, she's how oh, she broke her nose when she was younger, and so she has you know, a bigger, like a bigger bump on her nose. And so she went for this procedure and she feels a lot better. I'm not, I'm not by any means knocking that kind of stuff. Like that is what makes you feel better. Um, but I mean, so there's definitely things nowadays that I feel like it's just, our looks is just, it's always in front of our eyes though. Everything that we do on social media or in the news or whatever the case may be. Um, and we're going to obviously talk a little bit more about that too, when we talk about the orthorexia in the future. So,
0: yeah. So we're, you know, we're talking about when people have this disorder or some form of it, where it could be mild, it could be severe. And, and the severity is really always determined about or based on how much it affects your life. You know, mm-hmm. for, for me, I would say I'm fairly functional. I have other issues. Okay. I have attentional <laughs> issues, <laughs> <laughs> that we were talking about earlier, okay, I'm, I'm scatterbrained to begin with. But uh, if it gets to the point where um, I do not value myself, I feel like crap, I, I, you know, just sort of dis dismiss everything I've ever done, because, you know, my stomach hangs out a little mer- further than I would like it to. Well, then, I mean, okay, there's something wrong there, right? Mm-hmm. That's not that's not reasonable thinking. That's mm-hmm. highly, highly emotional thinking. So, yeah. and it does, you know, there's, there's a lot of, um, debate over where this comes from and there is really no answer for it. Cause it's going to come from different places for people, for some people, um, being, being fixated on a certain part of you, the way that you look can result in behaviors that are sort of comfort seeking, like, uh you know, say I might dress in heavier clothing all the time so that people can't really look at my body because I feel like something's wrong with my body. But maybe I do this because years ago I was abused or years ago I was raped. And so this is also kind of going hand in hand with my ability to control other people looking at my body. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's, there can be a trauma. There can just, there can just be an environment you know, going back to Paris Hilton and, uh, and Kim Kardashian, <laughs> I remember reading in a magazine. I don't know how long ago this was, but this affected me. and never forgot it. Kim um, Paris describing Kim's butt like a bag full of cottage cheese. Oh, wow. And I was like, ouch. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, that's so incredibly cruel to say about a person. And it was meant to be cruel. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we look at our environment, look at the way that we judge each other, look at the way that we judge ourselves. So, you know, this person thinks their legs are too long. i talking to my son about please don't slouch, even if you're the tallest person in the room, because if you stand up tall, everybody stands up tall, but you can't help it. Some people are so overwhelmed by the idea that I don't fit, I'm too tall, that they'll slouch. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of be, becomes more noticeable.
1: Yeah, I think you make a really good point too, like especially talking about, uh, <clears throat> you know, like the social media nowadays and stuff like that. And I know what we talk, our, our minds always go to social media and, and saying like, the negative aspects of it. I swear, I will produce articles that talks about how great social media is as well. Oh yeah, <laughs> but, me too. <laughs> yeah, in due time. Um, but I think it's just hard nowadays. Like, I mean, there's so many websites, like even Healthline, like Health is like, there's like tons of stuff that just gets thrown in our faces, and so we're always seeing this kind of stuff. And especially with celebrities, you know, I did a post um, for us, like you know, Kelly Mental Health the other day, and um, it was talking about social media, and Uh, maybe like doing or or helping yourself like get away from certain things. It's like one of the, like, I think one of the ones I wrote, it was, you know, like, like when you wake up and instead of going to Instagram, like don't check your phone right off the bat. Like for me, like that's like one of my biggest things. I go to social media and I look at all this stuff. And I actually, I took a lot away from that post because we're surrounded by all these things. And yes, of course I love the celebrity gossip and I, I do follow all the Kardashians, but now I'm at the point where they're not benefiting my life. And the things that I'm seeing, even photographers that I re- I love and I respect and that are have had to unfollow, and it's nothing to do with their their lack thereof of of work or anything like that. I just had to unfollow it because there's certain aspects of it that is is affecting my life negatively, right? So like that's something that is really important to me right now. So if I see something, say on Instagram, um, my my Facebook is basically just business anyways, but uh, on Instagram, if I see something that something to do with losing you know 15 pounds or something like that to do with like stomachs or whatever the case may be i'm right now i'm unfollowing just because i'm trying to remove that negativity out of my life not to say i won't start you know following them again but sometimes we just have to make those those decisions right like and just try and focus on like the pot like the positive instead of the negative because we just run to it it's just it's just worked into our lives now
0: It really is. And it's important when you start to notice that this is affecting you in a negative way. Uh, Because sometimes if you're in the right frame of mind, you're in the right space, you're maybe you've got enough energy to take care of yourself and you're doing well. You know, you see other people working out, you see other people uh, in really good health, and they looking, they're just looking beautiful. And you have nothing but gratitude for them. Mm -hmm. But when you're not doing so well, you know, and you see that going on, there's a lot of us, I, th- I would say most of us go and take that as a way to feel ashamed about ourselves. And that's not fair, because then you feel ashamed. And guess what, now it drains your energy even more so that you have even less of an ability to go and do those things. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree. And it's nothing and it's not to say, I remember I, I read an article not too long ago too, but, um, like feeling feeling guilty and feeling guilty for it was feeling guilty for feeling guilty and mm-hmm. it was kind of funny like how because because it resonates again with with all of us too like I felt so bad like that I was I was kind of like ignoring certain people in my life and like kind of like stepping take taking a step back but I wasn't trying to and they they kind of one person specifically got upset with me um you know she was talking about her kids and her family and i said like your life is your life and i'm so happy that you live the life that you have but unfortunately for me right now i can't i can't physically see it because like there's reasons that i just can't it's really difficult to try you know to make those types of statements. And then you're instantly feeling guilty, you know, like you're, you're temporarily like removing these things that are affecting your life and some, some could even be friends or family. Um, so it's definitely an interesting time. Um, you know, social media always has such a great effect on everyone.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But yet Mm -hmm. you're making a really good point in that you can curate, And, and you never have to say, you know, you never have to feel guilty about unfollowing for a little while or changing, Mm -hmm. you know, what you're seeing for a little while in order to, to help you out.
1: I think too, like the social media breaks, um, is definitely important. You know, like I'm, I'm even, okay, ladies, we all, and I will say ladies because we do this. You ask, someone will ask me, it's like, oh, do you know this person? I'm like, no. Oh, they're not on Facebook. Promise you I'll find them in five minutes. I can find people on social media. I'll find them under fake names. Like I had to do it for an older position of mine. And so it's just a, it's just a trademark of mine. So you cannot you're tell scary. me. You're scary. Oh, I know. Trust, <laughs> me, trust me. It's kind of entertaining. But you cannot tell me that you've never at least stalked one of your ex-partners. Either that or a friend or a family member. Like you, like you do that. So sir, I, like at one point in time, I was opening up my social media and I was like, I was going and to see what they were doing and I removed them from like, I had to, I, I, I made those decisions to remove these types of people from my life in order for me not to do this because I was obsessing like over, you know, what they were doing in their lives and stuff like that. I was, I was following accounts that were making me feel kind of crappy about myself. And I was checking Instagram first thing in the morning. I was over editing the photos. Like it was just, it was a vicious cycle. And I think that was the biggest thing that I've learned over, let's just say like the last few weeks, um, that it's something that I'm personally working on not doing, but I know people have done it. I know that we creep people and like, it's a thing, but it's actually causing more harm than anything. I remember one of the people like, or, or like one of the persons that I did that to, you know, was, was married and he has kids now and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, Oh, there's me. <laughs> so, and then like the day, you know, like, like the, like the rest of the day, it's like, do you think you're really going to be filled with like, it, do you think it's going to be a great happy-go-lucky day? Probably not. So there's definitely things that we should be doing and fo- focusing on a lot more like body positivity. <laughs> okay, yeah so
0: tell me about this body positivity you were doing some research on this and, oh, and you I'm know, like obsessed
1: i I think you're obsessed with this now um, so body positivity refers to the assertion that all people deserve um, to have a positive body image like regardless of how society or popular culture um, views like the, the ideal shape size or you know like our our appearances so Something that I learned during and uh, doing all this lovely research was that this actually originated in the 60s, which I found fascinating. I thought when I think of body positivity, like that big movement, I, I it, like, like the original one for me emerged around uh, 2012. Um, so this actually the original uh, movement, it was like an acceptance movement and it was in the late uh, 1960s. And it was actually called the Fat Acceptance Uh, movement. Mm -hmm. And it focused on ending the culture of fat shaming and discrimination against people like based on their body size, their weight and everything. Um, And so a little bit later on, the term body positive was actually created. So that actually got created in uh, 1996, I believe. And actually, it was really cool because it was created by a psychotherapist. And an individual who had been through treatment for eating disorders. I think, I believe both of them had been through, um, treatment through these, uh, for their disorders. So they actually founded a website in the the nineties and it was called the bodypositive.org. um, I actually went on the website. There's tons of reliable, wonderful information on this website. It still exists to this day. It's absolutely great. There's tons of feel good things on there as well. Um, but it really takes the focus off just plain losing weight. Um, it's really focuses on, you know, that body positive, happy, feel good, go lucky kind of um, situations. There's tons of education on there as well. Mm-hmm. And then, so yeah, and then flash forward to, you know, 2012 when that, the body positivity movement uh, began to emerge. And so that was kind of challenging and kind of changing the unrealistic feminine beauty standards. Um, and I, th- I think it grew like in popularity and it still is growing. I mean, there's tons. Of, I mean, Linda, you and I were talking about a few things before we got on here. <laughs> mm-hmm. So there's definitely. It, it's it's vastly growing, um, and it has been. And so that message, like the biggest message across, like that they were trying to push and get across from the body positivity uh, movement was that all bodies are beautiful, um, which I think is very powerful in itself. So I think that that, uh, yeah, this has been going on for so long. I guess I just didn't really, I've never had to really look into it. Not saying I shouldn't have, but I think it was really interesting to learn that can you imagine like this is 1960 like this is crazy so um, well
0: yeah it's kind of interesting because that was also when I mean we there was more of a reliance I think on television yep and when we started really comparing ourselves to stars and celebrities and you know we start to learn that okay there's only one acceptable body type for each sex And Mm -hmm. that's just the way it is. There's another thing to mention as well is uh, body dysmorphia absolutely applies to men. And one of Mm -hmm. the more common ones is called uh, muscle dysphoria, or they'll call it bigorexia, (laughs) where you're just never, you're never big enough, right? You never have enough muscle. And, you know, like in the worst part about this is if I don't have enough muscle, I lack value as a human being, no one's ever going to want me. And now the other thing Is this is pretty common in our society now? Is males in particular being called out for being too short?
1: Mm -hmm. And you don't really
0: see any short men acceptance movements, and that bothers me.
1: No, yeah, (laughs) I haven't actually seen anything like that at all. There's tons of stuff. That's like a whole different podcast. I'd love to talk about like just the stuff. I think we did touch on like this topic actually a while ago too about um, kids in grief and like how you're, you know, like how certain like phrases, like what you say to them really affects them, like as they grow up and stuff like that, which really plays in a huge part of how they look at themselves. Like, like their physical appearance, like, oh, I need to be strong. Like if you're being if you're, if that person's being told that when he's younger, you know, so then he grows up, it's like, I need to be strong. I need to lift weights. I have to do this. This is what men do and stuff. So yeah, there's tons of stuff like that, that are going on right now in front of us. And we don't even realize it. Right. So mm-hmm. That's something yeah. that I learned. I think, um, I think the body, like positivity movement, um, I think it's super important. And it, it's exactly what you said for females and males. I think that times are changing. And I think it's wonderful, you know, that it, I, I've always had a bigger build. Like my, I, I get my build from my father. I've always... Been a bigger person. I remember looking at photos. I still look at photos from back when I actually thought I was overweight, and I wasn't. When, but it was just like that—that that high school norm that I had to fit into a certain category. And at the time, that was just what I thought I had to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whereas now, like, there's things. Of course, everyone wants to change certain things about them, which is uh, it's understandable. It's life, you know. I could definitely use to lose a few pounds, but. I'm very comfortable in my own skin. i I love myself. I'm very happy like about who I am as a person. So, but over time, like this, this movement has really, has really changed. And I think that that just alone with it being classified and called the fat acceptance, um, which I also actually saw, I'm all over the place today, bear with me, <laughs> but I actually saw a picture the other day. It was, um, It was, I can't remember where, I think Google or Pinterest, and it was, it was saying that like fat is not a bad word. And I think that that alone was really powerful too, because my mind goes to like, wow, this says fat acceptance. Like this was a movement. And I know that we're getting away from, you know, calling someone fat, but it's not a bad word. Does that make sense? It's kind of like a catch 22, right?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And that's something, you know, early on, I, I caught myself uh, kind of lecturing my son about, you know, don't call people fat, don't call yourself Mm -hmm. fat, you know, because you're almost teaching them that it's, it's a worse word than other choice swear words that I I don't care about him using, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's just, it's so interesting, again, how we have applied uh, people's intrinsic value to the amount of fat that they carry on their bodies to the point that I've seen more and more articles and questions on forums now with pregnant women asking, how can I lose weight? Oh yeah. Like you're pregnant. Your hormones are actually going into overdrive to make you gain weight, you know, and just kind of getting back to it's, it kind of comes back to shaming. So what are, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts here? You know, with this body acceptance movement and all that, one of the biggest criticisms is that it's celebrating people for choosing to be unwell. What are your thoughts? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I remember um, specifically we, you and I discussed it actually um, about – Jillian Michaels making a comment about Lizzo and we all know who Lizzo is Lizzo is the bomb (laughs) but she so she had one of her famous songs come out next thing you know Lizzo was everywhere and she was all over social media on her Instagram and she was putting up videos and she was in the pool half naked and she was bouncing around having a good time she was you know eating a tub of ice cream all this kind of stuff and Jillian Michaels, long story short, made a comment um, stating, you know, she made a comment about her weight, and so the entire world, I swear, stopped and like jumped down down Jillian Michaels' throat and said, you know, oh, you're calling her fat, you're shaming her, you're fat shaming her, all this kind of stuff. And Jillian Michaels' response to it was, you know, I, I'm I'm not I'm not sitting here criticizing her her as a person or anything like that I'm trying to make you people like make everyone realize that it comes down to her health when I look at her I feel like yeah she's a strong woman that's wonderful but I'm also looking at a clear um, path into diabetes so again there was still a lot of people like it was a pretty big situation I don't actually don't even know how this ended Um, so it's probably a bad example for me to be talking about (laughs) but I just think that alone it really affected a lot of people because, you know, we have this big healthcare care adv- or not healthcare, but health advocate, you know, eating lean and clean. And that's something that Jillian Michaels has always talked about. And then you're, you're looking at someone like Lizzo and you're making comments. So my thing is like, if say Jillian Michaels wasn't who she was and say, maybe she was um, Kim Kardashian and Kim Kardashian was looking like, you know, maybe she was 300 pounds or whatever the case may be. Which, If she made the same comment, would it have been justified or would people have ripped her a new butthole too? You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's tons of things, like, when it comes down to body shaming. I obviously don't a- agree with it. I'm against it. Mm-hmm. But in that case, in that specific situation, for me, it does come down to health. If you're sitting there eating a bucket of fried chicken and inhaling a massive liter of ice cream, like, I mean... And you're sitting there saying, I love my body. Well, I don't think, I don't know if you really do, if you're putting that into it, but I mean, who knows? Everyone is their own person.
0: (laughs) Right. You know, the Jillian Michaels thing, I I have a bone to pick with her (laughs) because she openly speaks out about keto and it bothers me. And Mm -hmm. Jillian Michaels has never been fat. So she does not understand what it is like to have a metabolic disorder where your body Mm -hmm. does everything it can to hang on to fat. I've been through it. I know many people, most of the people in my life that have been through it up and down hundreds of pounds. And Mm -hmm. the thing is that it's, it's placing personal blame and shame on people for being addicted to foods Mm -hmm. that are engineered in labs to be hyper palatable, unsatiating and perfectly at the bliss point between salt sugar and fat so Mm -hmm. our society right now is built on consumption and when people consume
1: they are shamed for it yeah i i mean i completely agree with that Mm -hmm. i also agree with the statement that you made about her never being overweight and stuff like that because that's the truth i think it's hard for me to take any consideration like i don't know I can't see Lizzo's health records in front of me. I don't know what her metabolism's like. I don't know anything about the person. I don't know about anything about any of them at this point in time. But with that being said, so comments about anyone's weight, I think should never be said. Like, you know, we're we're talking about in the future too, like certain articles about getting, you know, uh, body shamed from a family member. I guarantee you at least this has happened to all of us at one point in time in our lives or like a friend or whatever, like has done this to us without even realizing it. And I think that that's something like, it's a huge topic alone. And it's like, I mean in itself, right. Like talking about anything to do with like body shaming and all that. So mm-hmm. we, t- I think it's, we, t- it's hard. It's definitely hard to, Mm-hmm. figure out where i stand on the topic. It you know it, it <laughs> is
0: and when i speak passionately i just want to remind you i'm not i'm not getting mad at you or anything i'm not getting mad at anyone no. i just you know i just think it's so important to make these points that people mm-hmm. do struggle with this people do have issues with their bodies and and you know even just like eating healthy and there's such controversy about what is even healthy anymore the scientific studies looking at what's healthy are totally horrible studies, like they're all Mm -hmm. correlational, absolutely nothing, nothing has established causation, nothing. But that is for another podcast. Um, (laughs) But I will say this, you know, going back to body dysmorphia, this is where you are so ultimately hyper-focused on this perceived flaw of yours that you no longer value yourself and you can't see why anybody in the world would want to be your friend, would want to date you, would want to marry you or or just be a part of your life, why anybody would want to pick up the phone and contact you when they have good news. It is that pervasive and, and mm-hmm. people really, really struggle. And so when it comes to treatment of this, A lot of times it's so ingrained in our lives. It's so, so, so difficult to get over it because it's almost part of the routine. It's part of our daily thoughts. So there's like with any kind of mental health disorder, typically the best treatment is going to be some combination of antidepressants and psychotherapy. I really am a big advocate for the psychotherapy portion. I I personally, my opinion is that um, medication, if it's needed, it's needed but it shouldn't be a long-term thing. I think that people, you know, people are really ultimately better off doing the work, addressing the issue and getting the better coping skills. Um, So CBT will look at, you know, say, you know, my face is blemishy. Okay, so let's find different ways to think about this. Is there evidence to this thought? Where's the evidence against this thought? Um, can we actually take a picture of you with other people and let's compare, you know, those kinds of things, these behavioral changes that we can do. We're gonna, you know, test someone and say for two days you're not allowed to look in the mirror. I mean, that would kill me. <laughs> yeah.
1: figuratively. But mm-hmm. yeah, we talked about that. Right. And for and you just made a comment. Sorry, just just for anyone who doesn't know, CBT is cognitive behavioral therapy, correct? Yes, yes. Yes, yeah. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. So it's the only and, one and that's been tested. To- Yes, that's what I've, and the research that I've done, that seems to be the most, I mean, they can't really say it, it's, there's not too much um, reports about about it, but it seems to be the, the best um, uh, end results, like, to, to, to help through it, mm-hmm. from what I've seen.
0: It is, yeah. Yeah. So, again, going back to this, people dealing with this, this is, again, a podcast, it could be an entire series of uh, body dysmorphia. And the next thing that we definitely want to look at is orthorexia. So it will be really interested to explore that with you.
1: Absolutely. So when we come back, we will be discussing all that and breaking it down. And I don't mean to sound like I'm smiling, but I am because I'm super excited. I learned about all this and I have a lot to talk about. So <laughs> join us when we come back guys.